This week's episode is brought to you by Bermuda Triangle. Tired of being made fun of for playing card names already? Want to get made fun of some more? Well, now with Anime Mermaids, you can. Bermuda Triangle, because your lunch money isn't going to take itself. I am Atlas, your host, and today we're talking about Bermuda Triangle. Uh, now, usually, uh, or no, not usually, we've come full circle from the first episode. God, that was a long time ago. So the first episode, we talked about uh, Bermuda Triangle's annual support, which we'll get into in a sec. But now we're just talking about the clan on the whole. So uh, I have with me today... Hi, I'm Root Beer. I was in the car episode of this podcast. Yeah, so uh, his name's Alvin, but in, in our friend group we have two Alvins. So uh, because your last name starts with a W, A&W, Root Beer, mm -hmm. it's only natural. Um, yep. <laughs> um, so in her, so you, you play Bermuda Triangle, which is a clan from the... I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. I just call <laughs> it the Magellan Nation. Because it's yeah. like water stuff, yeah. and uh, they they are mermaid pop stars that focus on returning rear guards to your hand and calling mm -hmm. stuff from your hand and stuff. Yep. <laughs> um, what what got you into playing it for or just in general? I, well, it was right around when the clan booster came out, so. My friend is just a collector in general, so he was going to buy the box anyways just for the art. So I figured I would split it with him. And then right at the same time, BWC was starting, so we got the New York deck list. So I saw like, huh, Prism's topped. That's interesting because I always thought Bermuda was the fan service clan because I'm still fairly new to the game. So I was like, since I'm buying the box anyways, I might as well try it. And mm -hmm. so I just bought a bunch of commons off of Chris for five bucks. Then I bought all of the rest of the cards for a shitload more money, and and when I started pl actually playing, I was like, oh shit, this is actually like really fun. Yeah, Bermuda Triangle has uh, this thing like they first came out in the BTO two, which was Onslaught of Dragon Souls, and they had like two cards in there, and then after that, uh, Boucher was like, you know what, fuck it, let's take them and put them in the have their own set. And just give them a set once a year. So they typically come out around the beginning of summer every mm -hmm. year, um, which gives them an interesting position in the metagame. So typically other clans, when they get support, it's like every couple months, maybe every mm -hmm. six months to the less, or like, you know, less, uh, you know, liked by yeah. Boucher Road clans. So Bermuda, for, uh, Bermuda has this weird dynamic where the support will be pretty strong because it has to last them a year mm -hmm. um what do you think about that uh, hmm i don't know because then like over the course of the year the meta will shift rapidly like they introduce g guardians and then i mean like, that's not like you yeah. still get them you know yeah but it's one of those things where it's like sometimes we'll have radical changes and it'll take us a while to catch up so we have to kind of make do with the few the good things we have while everything else is kind of progressing just slightly faster than us. Yeah, well, usually what happens is you're either the first or the last to yeah. get. Like, for example, you were the first uh, clan to get keywords, that being Harmony, which I'll get into it, we'll get into in a bit. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's definitely an interesting position. 
for you guys to be in. Another thing is that the aesthetic of the clan, which, like I said, is mermaid pop stars, has, yeah. like causes an interesting view of yeah. people. So, like, I, it seems like half of the player base that plays Bermuda Triangle are either weeaboos because it's <laughs> you know mermaid pop stars, or people mm-hmm. who are like, I like returning stuff to my hand. Yep, that's it. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, I think there is definitely a stigma against it because I remember at some point I posted on Reddit about like clans you will never play, and half the response was Bermuda Triangle because they don't want the st- because they don't like the aesthetic. I mean, you already have a stigma because you play card games. Mm-hmm. Like my girlfriend who is like, "Hey, you play card games? You're a nerd." <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't 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 hate me because I'm a dork. <laughs> um. Let's see. And then, I don't know. It, like, this is probably one of the weirder clans that I've analyzed on this podcast. Um, especially because it's, like, I have little to no knowledge of it. And yet, it's got such a deep card base. Like, I'm yeah. scrolling through it right now. It's taken me about Same 30 here. seconds. Yeah, like, yeah. there's, like, 20 different archetypes that's... Not including the ones they've named on the archetype list on the wiki. I th- I think we're just gonna focus on prism, duo, and harmony, and just keep okay. it simple. Because uh, otherwise, we're gonna get into crazy shit like Pacifica and like <laughs> I'm not I, I I don't have the time or the energy yeah. for all this. I mean, the thing we have to know about Pacifica is at this point, Pacifica is just have a copy of each Pacifica in the hand, and then destroyed will do things. Yeah, exactly. Um, so why don't we, why don't we start with the one that we know the least about, at least between you and I, which is Duo. Um, All right. Let's talk about Duos. Duos are a, uh, an archetype where they have, it's the same name, but they will have two different arts of the same card. So right. that means that, the, like, Bouchard is basically going, yeah. hey, buy two copies of each thing, and yeah. then you can be awesome. Yeah, but that also fits into the playstyle of the deck because duos want to have multiple copies of every card that they have. Because they work kind of like Murakumo, except instead of cloning things on the field, you clone things to your hand. So with duo cards, you'll play them out, and then your vanguard will do the stuff, and then you'll return those cards you played to your hand, and then those cards you returned... Well, you'll search out other copies of those cards, and then those cards you returned also have effects where it's like, you can reveal three copies of this card and gain another effect. Yeah, I mean, that does seem, at a glance, uh, powerful, but Mm -hmm. taking the cards as damage, again, Murakumo also has this problem. Uh, Or, um, I don't know, not having different colors of the stride. Yeah. <laughs> um it, it and also you don't get much defense from it because you're bouncing 5k shields most of the time. Mm-hmm. And you have to if you have to guard with them then that takes away a lot of your advantage engine. So it seems like duo never really rose to the top if I'm yeah. wrong. Like I'm sure I'm wrong to listeners. Uh you know, shameless plug right here. Uh our Twitter account has changed. Uh it is now at Nexus at night so N E X U S a T N I G H T. So tweet your angry complaints or <laughs> questions or stuff. I know I, I like, I keep saying like listener mail, but nobody fucking tweets me. So <laughs> yeah, go ahead and do that. Th- there is a whimsical picture 
of Extreme Battler Victor with with like somebody guarding for him, and it says "No fuck you" on it. Come on, it's fun to visit. <laughs> just do it anyway. So, like, I'm sure if there was a time where duos were good, tell me because we don't we don't know much. Well, didn't Matt say there was a point where uh, Riot was really good because you could use it with the Break Ride Mirror, and then you could bounce a whole bunch of shit, and then also have a Restander, and also clone all your cards. I think so. Yeah. I don't. So I think during Break Ride, I think duos were probably good, but I wasn't around back then. Uh, I wasn't paying attention to, <laughs> for me to try and as I often wasn't. Um, let's see. There's also, uh, like, an, another one I forgot to mention, which is Reindeer, which focuses yeah. on if you drive check grade 3s, you get to do stuff. Wait. But we think... can basically break all the sub archetypes down into what other clans that they do that they rip off. So reindeer is the D police archetype. Uh, Duos is the Murakuma archetype. Type, yeah. Um, so like honestly, I have literally nothing else to say about duos. Same um, here. Yeah. So why don't we just move on to stuff we know what we're talking about? Um, mm -hmm. Prism. Because you yep. play Prism. Let's do that. Yep. So Prisms, Prism? I think, are one of the more all in on the overall uh, play style of the deck where they do a lot of things where like they'll bounce stuff back, call them back, give them power. And then they have a break ride that lets you bounce things. And one of my favorite cards, which is Prism Promise Labrador, which is the limit break. You can call three things. She gains 10,000 in a critical. Oh, when she attacks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she she definitely or like prisms in general were for a long time very medium. Mm -hmm. God damn, Matt's rubbing off on me. But um, <laughs> the now now they have this new stride that came out in the newest uh, yeah. the the newest thing, which is like a pseudo next stage. Yeah. Um, Prism which, image sunshine vert. Yeah, which has now made uh, the prisms. I think the most powerful of the yeah. three, of the big three. So yeah. Yeah, Sunshine Vert is uh, a stride where limit break four, so it's a stride with a limit break, which is a very rare occurrence. You flip a copy of her face up, and you uh, cho choose three cards from your hand and discard them. At the end of the mm -hmm. battle, that this unit attacked a vanguard. If you have a hard card with Prism, you may pay the cost. If you do, choose up to two of your rear guards with Prism, return them to your hand, put this unit in your G-Zone face up, choose up to one grade three uh, card with Prism and its card name from your hand and ride it as stand, which means that so this thing is like a, a next stage, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but the thing that makes it better than next stage, okay, I'm not gonna say better because I'll get into that later. But it's more explosive than next, next stage, stage, where because yeah. you could do a superior break ride. So yeah, there was so, the original grade three version of Vert that just lets you draw a card and return your rear guards to your hand. Yeah. So what you could do is you could break ride the card I mentioned earlier, Labrador, onto Vert, and then. You're now re-attacking -attack with, like, 31 and a crit. That's before boosts or triggers or anything. Yeah, and then this is also, um, it's five drive checks. Mm-hmm. Kind of like next stage, so. Yeah. Um, and because, It does have the advantage of the extra draw from the break ride, though. That is very true. And then on top of that, you, uh, you, you can get more attacks out of this instead of, like, next stage, which, which was by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go attack with that column, and then you bounce the column, and then when you ride Labrador and go for the attack, you just call a new field, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So that that is more, like you said, explosive, but at the same yeah. time, it requires more setup. Yep, um, and that's why 
I personally don't really like running more than two in the deck just because there are so many situations like I kind of want to go into vert, but I know that doing it, I'm going to minus myself so hard that I might not be able to survive the next turn if they get through my attack. Yeah. Um, so that actually is why you run more copies of... I, I have to mention this even though it's not a yeah. uh, uh, like any archetype specific, but... Uh, I just have to mention it because it is very much an anomaly in Bermuda Triangle. Stool Etoile Olivia. Yeah, which, that uh, card that goes into every single Bermuda deck. So Etoile Olivia was the Amnesty Messiah of uh, Bermuda Triangle. Annoyingly hard to get. It was mm -hmm. a GR, and yet it's required. Um, yeah. And it's actually worse for you guys because you had to flip a copy of her face up, which meant that you needed either two or four. There was no in-between. Yep. Um, so why don't you go ahead and explain that? So what Olivia does is counterblast one, flip up a copy. When she attacks, if the number of face-up cards in your G-Zone is one or more, so she was before, they just made the little GB symbol, so she's basically GB2. So what you do is choose five of your rear guards. If all of the units you chose have different names, you can return them all to your hand. If three or more units were returned, choose up to two cards from your hand. Call them to separate rear guard circles in different rows, so like the front row and then the back row, and then this unit gets a critical until the end of the turn. So basically what you're saying is I get a new column and a crit, and yeah. uh, by the way, it's up to five, so you don't have to have a full field. Yeah, you don't have to have a full yeah. field. You just return three different units with, yeah, just three different units, and then you get a critical. Yeah. It's like, sure. It, actually, if you, if you just return two, and they have different names. So this thing could fit... No, it's three with different names. Oh, wait, uh, let's see, if all of the chosen units, it says, if all of the chosen units have different names returned, oh, if three or more units were returned, you're right, yeah. never mind, sorry. So you have to return yeah. at least three for the crit. That's, uh, that's still pretty good, though. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think it's what made Bermuda, like, competitive in the G era, but yeah. the, the, you still see it top pretty often, it's not Gear Chronicle or Shadow Paladin often. But it's still like up there, and the reason being, I think, is because of the stigma, where uh, like it's a numbers game. Not a lot of people yeah. are playing Bermuda. Yeah. Well, part of it is the stigma, and part of it is that mastering the clan is actually really hard. That too. Like, no I think that's the thing with a lot of meta players is like they'll play for a little bit, and they won't be entirely sure how the deck functions even after playtesting a lot, so they'll move on to other things. Okay, so explain what, what makes the clan hard to do. It's mostly, like, timing and trying to figure out what to bounce when, what do you want to call, how do you, like, how do you maintain a good balance between cards on the field, cards in your hand, what do you want, like, what can you guard with without breaking your combos for the next turn? And then also with Harmony, which we haven't discussed yet, what's in Harmony, what's not, and how do you get them in Harmony? Oh my god, so, like... I think the deal with um, with Bermuda, or like a lot of Bermuda stuff has on call effects, mm -hmm. which um, is especially broken in the clan because you can go on call, get an effect, and then I'll put it back in my hand, then I can do yeah. that again. Um, or they'll have effects on bounce, so when you return it to your hand, but you yeah. can also do that multiple times now. Exactly. Um, I think I think it is definitely a sleeping giant of the mm -hmm. of the Vanguard clans now. You mentioned Harmony. What the hell yep. is Harmony? <laughs> so, 
Harmony is a state is the clan's keyword. It is a state where if a unit with the harmony ability you have a units with a harmony ability, so when another unit is placed on vanguard or rearguard circle in the same column as that unit with harmony, then both units become harmony, and they remain in harmony until one of them leaves the field. So basically what you're saying is it's really confusing. Yes. And and, and Matt and I had to spend five minutes trying to explain it properly during the keyword episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So bas- <laughs> So I'm pretty sure the listeners will know the event guard board by now so basically you have a circle with a card on it that card has harmony call something either in front or behind it and both of them will be in harmony until one of them leaves the field for whatever reason okay what happens if you have a unit without the harmony keyword and you call something with the harmony keyword then they will both become in harmony because you have a unit with the harmony keyword okay what if you have a harmony thing and you call something with harmony they'll still but yeah they'll still both become in harmony you just need one harmony unit and the whole column gets harmony okay so if something is placed and either the thing placed or the thing already there has harmony then you're in harmony yeah okay that's a lot easier to understand than doing than the way the wiki explains it yeah screw you wiki but yeah just have something with harmony call something into the same column they're both in harmony until one of them leaves okay so why is this good or bad the Okay, well, it's interesting because it kind of adds a dimension to the playstyle where you're, like, constantly bouncing things, but it's also really difficult because now you have to keep track of all of this, try to get things in Harmony, and then with Harmony decks, we're still not at a point where we have the full keyword deck, so you're going to be trying to fiddle every now and then you'll run into that problem like, oh... All these combo pieces in my hand don't have harmony, and now I have to do really weird things to try and make my turn work. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I really think that the harmony stuff should be, like, like harmony players should just carry a tuning fork <laughs> around with them and go, bing, I'm in harmony, or something. Yeah. Like, um, you're definitely going to need extra tokens just to keep track of harmony if you're playing physically you know what the worst part was this was the very first keyword that was mm-hmm. like introduced on mass so there was other keywords like lord or restraint that were mm-hmm. across the whole game but this was like the first clan specific keyword and people were going what the fuck am i looking at yeah and it, it, it was just like i i think bushy kind of screwed the pooch on this one in terms of trying to introduce it because mm-hmm. people going wait this only works for the turn why do i want this yeah. Yeah. And I think they've cha- they've changed the effects a bit. So like some of them are when they're in the harmony state, so throughout the entire turn, and then the more essential units that everyone has are if this unit becomes in harmony. So at the moment it becomes harmonized, you can do the thing. What like your Loris stride or uh not that, Shizuku. So there's a grade one called Superb new student Shizuku. When she becomes in harmony, check the top five for a grade three and add it to your hand. That sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah, because the thing is, no matter what stride you're on, you're just going to be bouncing things and calling things back. So because she triggers on harmony, you can bounce what either her or whatever's in front of her, call it back, she'll be, go back into harmony, so you could keep checking for grade threes. And it helps you thin your deck much faster. And as, it helps you thin your deck of, like, not shields, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah, so you'll get a bunch of stride fodders, and you'll thin your deck for triggers. Wow. 
what's um okay what what uh so obviously it seems like in yeah like it seems like prism is the strongest mm-hmm. right because you have access to both a race standard yeah. and a critter oh yeah and we also have another stride that you haven't mentioned yet prism promise princess labrador so oh yeah but that one does that. is that you can choose two rear guards, give them 5,000, and at the end of the battle, they attack or boost, you can return it to your hand. So, so that just gives you, yeah, way more flexibility for control matchups, just like, screw Link Joker. Yeah. All right. Commit to the field, and it's gone. And mm-hmm. screw you. Yeah, that it, it is definitely, um, it's definitely one of the stronger. Yeah. So I think the advantage that Prism has over Harmony is, because you want everything in the harmony state, you're committing rear guards, and the majority of them are staying there. Like no matter what you do, there'll probably be at least two, just because you need at least one column in harmony. Well, that's annoying. so. Yeah. So let let's say you go into Olivia, like you bounce your whole field, call back a new column. The majority of the cards you want need to be in harmony to work. So at the end of the turn, even if you bounce everything else, there's still going to be that one column there. Whereas prisms, you can just clear your entire field and not care. Hmm. Well, there's that, and then like it, it, harmony is terrible if you're behind. Mm-hmm. Where if, yeah, it is. Yeah, so if if you can't like like there there may be a time if you have like two grade twos that you know that's like all that's left in your hand, but you need to be in harmony for something. You'd have to call two grade twos instead of like two in the front. Yeah, and get that's happened to me it. before when I got stuck. Okay, so we should probably explain Loris since she's the strider of the clan. Yeah, go for it. So, Loris has Harmony, obviously, and when she strides, she's counterblast one. You can return a rearguard to your hand and draw a card. And then she also has GB2. When she becomes in Harmony, choose two units, give them power plus 5,000, and she gains a crit. So, I'm only bringing that up because going back to what we're talking about, about Harmony being bad when you're behind. I've been in a situation where I have three grade twos in my hand, so I'm like, okay, fine. Call them to the other columns and then call the third grade two behind Loris so I can use her GB2. That actually is good. I yeah, that's good. That. Yeah, but like, it's just that feeling of, okay, I had to commit my entire hand and because I'm behind, and also I had to put a grade two behind my grade three and just hope at some point I can return it later. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, that is good. What about mm-hmm. the, uh, the the inevitable stride fusion, the Loris stride? Okay, so celebrate voice Loris. That, that one is counterblast one, flip up a copy, it's GB2. So, uh, not flip up a copy, flip up any card in your G-Zone. So you can choose up to the same number of rear guards as the number of face-up cards in your G-Zone and return them to your hand. And until end of the turn, she gets red text. When she attacks, if your entire field is in harmony, choose up to three units, and until end of turn, they get 5,000, and she gains a critical. So now in theory, or not in theory, to like a aver- like over over quick glance, mm-hmm. you think, well, I'd have to have a full field, right? Yeah. It just says all of your units. It does not specify like how many units, just all of your units. So if you only have the Loris column and you call something behind her so she's in harmony it'll still activate her effect that is pretty crazy yeah it's good it's useful for the link joker matchup because 
Oftentimes on the Olivia turn, you'll like bounce everything and the spot behind her will be empty. So they can't do re anything about that particular open circle. Mm -hmm. So your next turn is you go into this and pray that it works. I mean, a crit is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Like a crit and on average 43k. Wow. That's nuts. Mm -hmm. Like the closest I can think of that does something like that is uh, in Pale Moon on my Lunatech turn. I'd have to do a stride <laughs> spiel to get the clown and then mm -hmm. pull a bunch of stuff out and then Lunatech's hitting for probably like 39, typically. So, yeah. so I actually teched in one copy of Loris into my Prism deck just for control matchups. So yeah. like if I end up falling behind in Prisms, I can just call something behind her, get the Harmony skill, and do that. What Harmony stuff do you run in Prisms? Uh, just Loris and... I run the Harmony PG because I can't afford the Prism PG. Ah, interesting. Yeah, it's actually been working out pretty well for me because it means I can make an actual field on a Loris turn. Because the Stride Loris has Harmony on her own, so I can call anything behind her and get her in Harmony. Sweet. That's good. Mm-hmm. So, um, what, do you, what do you think, like, the good mashups are for Brumita? Uh, the, okay, it actually changes depending on what archetype you're running. Prisms, I think, have a pretty good time against most things overall because they're so flexible. Because you're constantly manipulating things between your hand and field, and all of your strides either extend the amount of attacks you're doing or give things power. So generally, you'll have a response to most matchups because you can clear your field pretty easily to avoid control. You can make good rush columns against other rush decks that can't maintain their hand as well as you can hmm. like so yeah i think Prism's i can't think of broken. a definite yeah i can't <laughs> think of a definitive good matchup i think they're just pretty flexible overall i do i can't think of a couple of bad matchups though so so they're a mermaid pop star of all trades mm-hmm hmm. okay and then like so, so let's say are there any bad matchups for prism prisms I think Great Nature is one because they can turtle out your rush. That's very true. We can bite me. Yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, then prisms don't have particularly great draw power. So what will happen with Great Nature is you swing multiple times with your 30k columns, and I'm just like, shit. Yeah, and it's really, really funny. <laughs> yeah, and then I try to counterattack, and you have 12 cards in your hand because at your end phase, you drew like five extra cards. Aw, yeah. So yeah, um, I think Great Nature is a definitively bad matchup. Makes sense. Uh, what what about uh, Harmony? Okay. That's the thing with Bermudas. Because of the flexibility of the clan, they don't have definitively good matchups, but Harmony is more susceptible to control. So like Gear Chronicle with their bottom decking, Kagero, Narukami to a degree, and Link Joker can shut down Harmony more easily just because even on an Olivia turn, if I'm trying to make an ideal one, I'll have a field after it. Hmm. And then with Loris' stride skill, you kind of want to set up your board to like start doing your bouncy shit. Hmm. And then there's another rear guard called Magical Charge Vita, where at the beginning of the main phase, you can Soul Blast one and return her to your hand. So you. If you do that, you can superior call a grade one or less from your hand, and if you have a grade four or greater vanguard, you can counter charge one. So Harmony blows through counter blasts way faster than Prisms do, so that's actually really important. So a lot of the times you'll want to set up Vita to bounce back your next turn. So that means she's on the board to either get killed or locked or whatever. 
Well, I mean, Harmony may may be like worse than Prisms, but I think mm-hmm. oh, in the long run, Harmony yeah. is going to get more stuff. Then again, you got to wait a year between every yeah. wave of support. That's got to be frustrating. Like watching the game change around you when you know, like you know, it's coming, but it's six mm-hmm. months from then. Yeah. Like we are already seeing like all these uh, 30kg guards now with all the tried three stuff being revealed. Mm-hmm. So already it's like. Uh, for Harmony, their main stride is a power call up, which is getting easier to guard now. Their so there's all yeah. there's already this feeling like we're probably gonna fall behind again really quickly within the coming months. It's a bummer. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, well, like after getting through the holiday season, it gets a little better because mm-hmm. like by the time you get to like March, you're like, all right, it's not too far away. It's coming in June. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Duos, I think the main problem is anything that has mul- like multiple attacks. Yeah. Because you're going to have to drop these small guards mm-hmm. every time, which means you have to get rid of these 5k shields that you need to reveal for stuff. Yeah. Um, poor duos. Mm-hmm. It's got to be hard for them. Yeah, and then... Yeah, I think because all the clan plays fairly similarly, they all have similar problems. Yeah. Well, I think I think in general, if you have like battle phase bounces, that contr- mm-hmm. like any kind of control matchup is easier. Unless yeah. your name is Kagero. Um, <laughs> ironically, before all the hand trap stuff, Kagero was the best matchup because you go, "All right, I do this. Now you can't kill me." And then now they go, "Oh, we can kill you on your turn." Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Mm-hmm. And then, do, do do Harmony does Harmony have any like particularly good matchup? Uh, I'm trying to think of good matchups. Because with Harmony, it's a lot easier to make power columns, so it's kind of the great nature thing where on my Loris turn, I'll have these giant columns that'll also be attacking multiple times, and then afterwards, I'll either draw a bunch of cards or return those pieces to my hand. Mm. So, I can't, again, I can't think of anything definitively good. Maybe darker regulars because they take too long to start up. So, anything that requires setup. Yeah. Really. Because um, you, you can kind of hit out of the gate pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Prisms can do it better, but with Harmony, you kind of want to play your stuff early anyways to set up Loris' stride skill. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I'm looking at, like, lists of plans right now. Yeah. Hmm. This, yeah. Is, this is weird. Yeah. With combo-based clans, it's always a little hard to think of a definitively good matchup. Yeah. Well, that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. It's funny, though. It seems like every clan has gotten some sort of retire skill in some form or another. And yeah. Yet, or especially in the uh, the in Magellan, or whatever you call it. Magia, Magellanica? Yeah. Something like that. It's it, like the other two clans, Aqua Horse and Grand Blue, have some kind of retire-based skill or skills that are important to the clan. So, like, Grand Blue has the Cannoneer, and Aqua mm-hmm. Force has like you know the Thavis, and now they have Wailing Thavis, and yeah, a couple well, of, couple of Aqua Force has always had retire skills though, because even Maelstrom was an on-hit retire. Yeah, that's true. So like the other two of its comrades have that as like a very you know either important or like trademark part of it of any mm-hmm. deck build, and yet Bermuda doesn't have it. Why do you think that is? I'm not sure. I think part of it is the aesthetic of the clan. Yeah, you, you can't really imagine any yeah. any mermaids like blowing shit up or killing yeah, people. Yeah, and or... then 
another part of it is just because of the gimmick. Like, you're constantly returning things to hand and bouncing new things, so it's hard to set up a retire-based skill around that, unless you just give something like, if this unit is returned to your hand, choose one of your units, give it a non-hit retire, or something like that. Or hell, just do, uh, when bounce to hand, mm. soul blast retire, or something. Yeah. Or you could do, um when it, when it becomes in harmony, retire a front row. Mm. I don't know. Um, yeah. Like... It seems like it's more concerned with itself, which I get guess fits, yeah. fits with the stage persona or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's neat or not neat. Yeah, it is annoying not having a retire skill just because your opponent can play their important pieces and know that they'll either have to put less pressure on their vanguard to try and kill that combo piece or that it's just going to be safe. Yeah. Back row, broken heart. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, pretty much. Uh. What's um, what what do you think Bermuda needs? Do you think? Okay, prisms need some form of draw power because right now the ma- the main draw card that you use is uh, ideal walking weather Amelia for harmony, which is when it bounced to hand counterblast one and draw a card. Okay. So that and Loris' stride skill are the main ways that harmony draws. Duos also have a card that's counterblast one and draw a card when it's returned to hand, and that one can also reveal copies to countercharge, so she can make herself free. Yeah. So right now, Prism is lacking because Prism is the most offensively geared of all of the archetypes. They also have the least draw power. Ha, geared. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think Prisms need some form of draw power because they really don't counterblast at all. Yeah, I guess so. I mean. I think, I think what, okay, this is not necessarily cards, but rather how Bishra treats them. They need mm-hmm. more frequent support. Yeah. And, uh, let, let, like, something to make it less of a stigma. That That's more of a societal thing than, <laughs> than anything yeah. else. But, like, I, I just feel bad because it's, you know. Yeah. Like, no one, no one's playing this clan. Because A, you have to wait in between, and B, because they're like, haha, you fucking weeb. Yep. So. Which sucks because it's a really powerful and versatile clan. For sure. And the only the only reason I don't do it is because I don't I just don't really care for mermaids, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wouldn't <laughs> like even even people who like grow up on Disney movies, like I you know, I I didn't grow up on Disney movies, so there's no not even a nostalgia factor in it. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I think Magdalenica is probably the nation where I pay the least attention. I think because, like, you know, I, I've I've played pretty much everything on my own except for Nubatama. I've never played Nubatama. Yeah. Um, and yet, like, the something about the water, I just don't really yeah. go in there much. Yeah, and I play Blue Waves, too, so I already do yeah. Aqua Force, and then yeah. I haven't really touched Grand Blue yet, but... It's pretty fun. Uh, mm-hmm. pro- probably the best feeling is going, oh no, I have to drop this to guard with, but I'll have it back next turn. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. oh, Kagura retired my whole field. Why okay. do I care? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, it, let's see. It, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'm missing. Uh, Harmony could use a restander because every other archetype seems to have gotten one. Wait, what does Duo have? Oh, right, Duo has its break ride thing. Um, it has the break right thing and Riot. Yeah. And then Reindeer also has a card that can superior ride. Hmm. Okay. 
All right, I did another one. So let's say you work at Bushy Road and you've just gotten fired. <laughs> but right before you left, you were about to send a batch of cards down to the printer. And you decide, you know what? Since I got fired anyway, I'm going to break Bermuda Triangle. How do you do it? Okay. So I would just make the... I would give it the Loris effect, but also be a restander. So when your field is in harmony, like... You give three of your units 5,000 power, this gets a critical, and at the end of the battle that this unit attacks, if this unit is, if all of your units are in harmony, he, uh, discard three, restand, get, drive minus one. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I, I, I still want to see some kind of retire still. Like, yeah. when this unit is bounced to hand, soul blast mm-hmm. one, retire an opponent's rear guard. Yeah. Imagine, imagine the abuse, right? Bounce oh, yeah. Hand, soul blast, retire. Recall, bounce the hand with that, something else, soul blast. Retire. That would be funny in prisms because the way I built my prism deck, it doesn't soul blast that much. So yeah, and then even better, like Aquaforce already has a thing: attack, retire your thing; attack, retire your thing. Like Wailing mm-hmm. Thavis for the win. Then why why can't you just have like a or hell ha- have a um have a stride that goes when your rear guard is returned to your hand, you may soul blast to retire something. That'd be neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wailing Thavis would be insane with Bermuda because since you're bouncing back and calling new units, even if it is restricted to first battle, it's considered a new unit because you recalled it. Oh, that's true. But it's not even restricted to first battle anymore. Yeah. So yeah, it would be insane with Bermudas because we can make as many attacks as Aqua Force. Oh man. Ugh. Let's see. Any other uh, any other things to add about this strange strange clan? Yeah, I mean, basically we'd just be talking about key cards now, I mean, and the only other one I can really think of is Spica. Spica, which one does it do? It's the Amber Clone, so on boost, counter blast one, bounce something a hand, call it back, power plus 3,000. Oh, that's pretty so, good. She is, in liter- she is also another card that is in every build, except really? duos. Really? Everything? Yeah, because... There are so many other archetypes, but Coral is kind of vanilla, so she would basically just play the same way Harmony does. Uh, so Spiga would work in that. Reindeer doesn't have, like, you would play, like, the cards that are count as grade 3s in the trigger zone, her own support, and then you still have space for another grade 2, so you would also put Spika in there. I have Spika in Prisms because she makes my Sunshine ter- Vert turns better. And then the Harmony, of course, would play Spica because they're the GB archetype and she's a GB1 card. Wow, that that is good. That's that's ironic. I think, like, a lot of Amber clones are very kind of, yeah, I guess they're all right sometimes. Like, some of them that are more important than others, like Black Slice Harut or uh, Twin Slice. Crayon Tiger. Crayon Tiger, etc. Is she a four Mm -hmm. of, or is she just like, if you got Rome, shove her in there? I think she's down to a three of now because both decks have other options, but... Yeah, like, yeah, you still have it in the deck. Yeah, like Twin Swords are three of right now. Mm-hmm. Because, like, no matter... Because Olivia is also in every Bermuda deck, like, actually every Bermuda deck, mm-hmm. You a lot of times you'll also run Spica because she combos with Olivia. Because you can be like, attack with one column, attack with Spica, bounce that column back, and then bounce three other units that aren't the standing rear guard, attack with Olivia, call back Spica, attack with your bounced rear guard, Attack with Spica, bounce it again, attack with the bounce rear guard again. So it seems like stand triggers are just stupid, right? Yeah, yeah. stand triggers are completely irrelevant. Although some people play stand triggers in Harmony because they have a stand trigger where after it boosts, you can return it to the deck. 
and then bounce and call back a rear guard. But I mean, you have right. so many other cards that do it more efficiently. There's no reason not to run 12 crit Loris. I guess so. And are draws a thing, or is it just crits? Prisms, I run four draws because prisms have poor hand size, so that yeah. helps out. Harmony, I have Loris' stride skill and Emilia to keep drawing myself an ass load of cards, so that's definitely a 12 crit deck. An ass load I, of cards. Love it. Yeah. And then duos, because they're cloning themselves, and they also have a card that, when it's cloned, lets you draw a card. They also have an ass load of cards in their deck and also don't need stand, uh, draw triggers, otherwise they'll deck out. Yeah. Well, there's that, and you don't want to draw into the stuff you're going to clone anyway. So mm -hmm. the same with Murakuma. You don't want to, like, accidentally, oh, look, I drew a clone. Damn it. Uh, actually, yeah. uh, duos, you do want to draw clones, because most of the time you'll just reveal the clones anyway, so... Oh, okay. Since you're just revealing them for the effect, you want to have multiple clones in your hand, so just drawing into extra copies is fine. Oh, okay. That's good, then. Um, let's see. Do, do you, like, um, do you have any other things you want to promote? <laughs> or... No? Not that I can think of, except that I still don't know why people run for Sunshine Verts. I that's that's less of a promotion and yeah. more of a complaint. complaint. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I I I, th I think Olivia is better because yeah, Olivia is better. She just works with better with the rest of the clan. She's always definitely a four of in every deck. Yeah. So so what's your G zone? It's four Olivia, four Labrador, two Sunshine Verts. Right? Uh, let me just. Pull my deck out really quick. Alright, ah. right, so... Alright, we didn't talk about the G-Guardians yet. Oh yeah, the G-Guardians, isn't it like you reveal that something that's the same grade as something on your field gets mm -hmm. 5k shield? Yeah, so... Which is good. And then the other one is you bounce something, and then to you... Your hit. And then you have to superior call something, and if it has the same name, then it gains 5k shield. I thought it got 10k shield for some reason. No, it gives the unit you bounce the shield. Gotcha. Well, that's still really good. That's a ba basically 10k shield because you've mm -hmm. got the 5k. Or, you, or if you bounce a grade 3, it's a 5k shield. Although, it's funny but, because there is a minor way to cheese that G-Guard where if you bounce something that's a gr that's the same grade as something that's restricting it, so let's say they attack with a Silent Tom or something, and I bounce a grade 0, I can be like, my hand is all grade zeros, and because the only card you know in my hand is that grade zero I bounced, you can't say anything about it because you can't check my hand to verify. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but that'll almost never come up. It's just the funny thing that happens. Hmm. That's still that's still pretty good though. Like Vermita has very good G guards. Yeah. Um, they're they're so, not they're not like A plus, but they're like an A minus. Yeah. So my Prism G zone was four Labrador, four Olivia's, two Sunshine Vert. One Loris, and then one Prism Duo Nectaria, which is on hit, bounce a card. If you have a heart card with Prism, call back 5,000. And then if you have a Duo heart, clone the card you bounced. And then is it, what's your G-Zone? Or uh, not G-Zone, uh, G-Guard. G-Guard is two Leona, one of the Nasha. Leona's the bouncing one. Nasha's the reveal the same grade and screw. Yeah, seems about right. It doesn't seem like Dismal is much of a problem because you're like, oh, look, my front row's empty because Labrador, yay. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, I have ways of playing around control decks, so I don't really need Dismal. Yeah. Honestly, I really think that, like, Bermudas need more attention. Uh, yeah. Both by the player base and by Bushi. Like, if more people start showing up to th these events with stuff, then, mm -hmm. you know, th they'll they'll probably, you know, maybe it might go from once a year to once every six months. That'd yeah. That'd be cool. I think twice annual support is good, because yeah. that's what a lot of the lesser 
attention clans get anyways. Yeah. Well, Hell, even Aqua Force, which is a favored son, has gone a year without support now. That's true. Well, one one good thing about the uh, like once a year support is that it's mm. always in its own pack, which means you can just go, all right, I don't have to open boxes with fear of like pulling stuff from other clans that I don't want. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can just like pull, you know, get boxes yeah. of. But that is also the downside of they're supporting five archetypes at once. That's true. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot another thing. So Bermuda has this quirk where in, in mm-hmm. the latest pack, they there's SPs, which is like a, a different foiling of yep. a different cards. So sometimes it's got a different art. Uh, in the newer ones, they've started removing the text boxes, so it's just mm-hmm. the text of the card, so you could see more of the art. But they also have wedding SPs. So Yep. Uh, as if it wasn't bad enough that people were getting a bad rap for playing Bermuda. Now they have cards like, oh, look, they're in a wedding dress, you fucking weeb. Yeah, and also it means collectors are going to be out there hounding the SPs. Yeah, because like, the wedding SPs are like, what, upwards of 200, depending? Yeah. Holy hell. There's like regular SPs, which are like 30 to 100, depending on which card it is. And then there are wedding SPs, which are double the regular SPs. Yeah, it's nuts, for sure. Um, I mean, it, it, it does kind of help differentiate you guys from everybody else, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Or gals, I guess. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it's one of the only all-female clans. Let's see. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it is the only all-female clan. It is literally all the only all-female clan. I'm looking at the list. Neato. Yep. Anything else to add? I think that's it. All right. So, uh, another reminder... If you have if you have like funny stuff to say or comments or questions, you can go ahead and tweet us at Nexus at Night. So N E X U S A T N I G H T. I will probably answer you because I only have sixty two followers. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> or you can tweet at Atlas Novak. So A T L A S N O V A C K. I'll answer you there too. Um, also, be sure to check out the Nexus Core YouTube channel. So that that's where all of the deck profiles and stuff are and where the name comes from. And also Nexus Core has its own Twitter, so N-E-X-U-S-C-O-R-P-S. So yeah, uh, I guess until next time, I was Atlas. And I was Alvin. And have a good night, everyone. I want to take the time to thank anybody who found this podcast. Uh, I also recommend sharing it with your friends, family, anybody who likes Vanguard. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud or on your podcast app, that little purple thing that goes in the folder of the stuff you can't delete, like stocks. Who uses stocks? Anyway, you can also tweet me, Atlas Novak, so at A-T-L-A-S-N-O-V-A-C-K. You can also tweet at Nexus at Night, N-E-X-U-S-A-T-N-I-G-H-T. Or you can tweet the Nexus Core YouTube channel, so at N-E-X-U-S-C-O-R-P-S. Be sure to check out that YouTube channel. Uh, We have, you know, card fights and deck profiles and all that good stuff.